Hi, Emma. Hi, Mike. How are you feeling? Nervous. It's okay. Hello, I'm Michael Alcock, and welcome to my podcast series, Primary Chats. For you, primary teaching students, where I get to talk to people who, like me, are excited about primary education and keen, or at least willing, to talk to me. Today, my guest is Emma Luckhurst. Emma's experience in primary school is centred around the early years and primary science. Having spent 12 years at her first school, she's become a science leader, a forest school leader and a phase leader before moving into teacher training. Today we will hear all about Emma's views on primary science. Right, let's dive straight in. And firstly, I want to let you know that homeschooling is still very much at full throttle in my house. And I was really delighted to to talk to my six-year-old son the other day. And he told me that his favourite scientist is the paleontologist, Mary Anning. Ah, Mary Anning rocks. Absolutely. So I'd like to ask you, Emma, who is your favourite scientist and why? Ah, that's a really good question. Um, I agree with you, so Mary Anning is amazing. Um, I first became aware of her, actually, Mike, during the Year 2 SATS paper, the reading paper, quite a few Mm. years ago. Um, Children had to uh, read about her. She is amazing, often overlooked. I think this is a really interesting question and often people are asked what, who their favourite scientist is and it's easy to go to the well-known um, Einstein, crazy hair, often with dress-up days, but that can be quite stereotypical. Um, I must admit I do have an Einstein teddy in my house and I have a Darwin teddy and I do admire both of them. But when I think of scientists, I think it's broader and it's more about using the science. So rather than thinking who is a scientist or um thinking about famous scientists it's how people are using science in their jobs and those are the jobs that I really admire Um, it might not be a famous scientist per se but they're using it every day so doctors vets nurses um, lots of different jobs sort of mechanics thinking about tension that sort of things whereas actually they're applying the science in their everyday job Um, and I, I really admire that if I had to pick a famous scientist I'd probably go for more of the natural scientists. So Jane Goodall, I've always admired her from years and years ago, Desmond Morris, looking at behaviourism and animals. David Attenborough's documentaries, I absolutely love, and I could listen to him for hours and hours, reporting about those findings that other people have um, written about and recorded. What a lovely answer. I love the idea of looking for science in and around us in our everydays. I think that's a really nice idea for our listeners to think about uh, and certainly for children to think about in school so what a lovely Mm. start thank you thank you Um, my next question brings us into the nitty-gritty of school and as a teacher myself I always found it very hard to produce enough evidence normally in books which the leadership team often demanded from me and my colleagues as a teacher Mm-hmm. while also trying to create really exciting practical science experiments that the children found, well, exciting. Mm-hmm. How do you think 
that we can achieve both in primary school? Oh, it's having the support of the whole school with this and valuing science for the value of science and how it can be recorded and found out. So some children might be absolutely amazing, inquisitive little beings wanting to know and researching things and finding out. But then it's reporting that that what they found out to others. And if we're always pigeonholing them in that they've got to write it down or they've got to write a report about it, you can limit their scientific understanding. I do appreciate that there needs to be an element of written skills and that recording. But I think as a school and as a teacher, we need to think about the best way of um, harnessing that and for them to record in different ways. So it shouldn't always be an English lesson. Quite often science lessons are turned into an English or a writing lesson, which I think is such a shame. It can be used as a stimulus to promote writing, which is fantastic. But I think if children are being limited in their science understanding based on their uh, writing skills then that's a real challenge yeah. when i when i was in school we would do recordings so i said before about how i love david attenborough so i would often bring him in and the children would do um just quick short recorded uh, sort of news reports or a little very short um sample of recording and that could be the evidence now i was lucky enough to be in a school where that was um accepted as, as good scientific evidence and we recorded that in different ways it didn't have to be recorded in the books but i do appreciate it can be a challenge in lots of schools absolutely and i think that variation of evidence is really important but also you pointed towards the fact that your school allowed that form of evidence and mm -hmm. i think student teachers and even experienced teachers choosing the schools they want to work in really is important to think about how work is presented not only in science but across mm -hmm. the board because that allows you to be the type of teacher you want to be I guess. Yes absolutely absolutely and there's um, I've seen a, a rise in interest at the moment in floor books which I'm mm. really really excited about not just in early years in Key Stage 1 but across primary so that would be where um, the scientific recording is compiled either together as a class or in a small group but it isn't children having to rewrite the report um, or the, write up the investigation every time they do an investigation so they have more time within the lesson to do the investigation to think about their conclusion to retry different things change variables actually do the science rather than having to write it up because that's done together so i'm quite excited about that absolutely that sounds really exciting um it leads us nicely to our next question and it's another another problem in primary schools i feel I think that many primary schools don't have the, the quality or even the availability of resources that are needed to teach really exciting science lessons. What, um, what would your shopping list be if you were starting a new job in a primary school to make sure that you were able to produce and create some really exciting science lessons? Oh, wow. We obviously have to follow the national curriculum, which you know, that has the, the objectives within there. But within science, I want children to be curious. And I think with that curiosity, we want them to be able to follow up things at home. So for me, the resources that you'd use in school, hopefully would be things that they could use at home as well, that they could follow up with. There would be some things that they perhaps wouldn't have that you could use to showcase in school that might be more expensive. So for me, I absolutely love the virtuality t-shirts where there's an app for that and you can scan um, and look inside a body. I've seen children and adults be absolutely amazed with that. And that really does promote learning. I love um, 
the merge cube again with an app so i think it's harnessing that the technology that can be there um other resources they sound like two really interesting resources i know you've used those emma in some of the lectures that you've done and I've, I've seen those resources uh in your office and been quite astounded by them myself <laughs> um on a very basic level when you talk about those resources at home mm -hmm. what, what are you pointing towards there what are those resources that children can access at home such a thing as if they're in the bath it's just having resources that they're in there tubs tubes that they can pour water they can play with things if they're lucky enough to have a garden it's being able to spend time with people talking about things that they've got outside or at the local park being inquisitive looking at the ladybird on a leaf thinking mm -hmm. about um, how it changes have they ever seen a ladybird fly for example some children haven't experienced that some children may take it for granted but actually that's really amazing looking at other beetles not just ladybirds um, looking underneath the ground digging a little bit just I, I suppose it's time isn't it it's time for children to be curious and inquisitive and time with others so time that they can explore things on their own but also time spent with others that they can talk about what they found and ask questions it's really interesting hearing you strip it right back because part of me was expecting a magical list of go-to resources. But what you're actually saying is take it back to basics and let children explore, let them be inquisitive and mm -hmm. go to those everyday things that you can access so easily. Does that sound about right? Yeah, absolutely. Cooking, you know, the, the change in spaghetti when you cook spaghetti, that it goes from that rigid stick into more of a flexible product, mm -hmm. talking about how that would change. Baking, you know, if you're lucky enough to be able to bake with somebody, to me, it's still magical that I can put flour, sugar, eggs and butter together and it comes out with this wonderful cake. Um, but talking, you know, getting children making some pastry. Now, I know not everybody can do that, but those opportunities are absolutely wonderful. And seeing that, that children experience those changes is just fantastic. The, the listeners have never tasted your Rocky Road, but I've just been... <laughs> I've just realised it's your scientific background that makes you such a fantastic baker. Uh, oh, thank you, Mike. I'm looking forward to baking some more. Oh, we'll look forward to it. Okay, let's let's go to our final question. Let's let's sort of let's think about the teacher themselves. And there's a word that I often see on a planning document that really frustrates me, and that's the word floating. It really oh, frustrates. Floating. And I, yes, I Mike. Yes. Um, let, let's presume that if we get the resources right, like we've just discussed, and if, if the children are working scientifically in the way that we want them to, mm -hmm. what do you think the primary role of a teacher should be during these science lessons? Oh, okay. It depends on your children in your class. And as the teacher, you will know your children in your class. Now, it could be absolutely take a step back, let them explore don't feel as though you've got to jump in straight away to, to um, correct something if they've done something wrong. If they're using water, for example, and it overspills, let them try it again. Um, if they're baking, you know, making something, let them explore, do it again. But it, it's providing that time to do it. It is knowing when to intervene and show them some things or, or have you tried this, but also modelling it yourself. So doing it alongside the children. It's, it, you don't have to be... Um, I often see trainees and practitioners and teachers feel as though they need to be questioning, questioning, questioning. And there's an absolute place for questions. You know, I think they're really, really valuable. But if it's 
going over to a child, what are you doing? And you can see what you're doing. That's a wasted question. So yeah. it's, it's tailoring your questions to really either move their learning on, but to show that you're interested, to, to show a genuine interest in what they're doing and what they're finding out, modeling it yourself. So if, if a child is, um, I'm just, if you are using electrical equipment, for example, those could be some resources that would be on my wish list. If you've got your crocodile clips and your batteries, it's doing that. I wonder what would happen if, and not necessarily asking the child to do it, but getting the equipment yourself while you're working alongside them or with a group and actually just try and get yourself so they can see that you're inquisitive, that you're interested yourself, that you're modeling that interest and hopefully they'll follow that. Um, so be, as, be as excited as them i think that's absolutely. a really, really important message isn't it? i remember some of my science lessons the ones that didn't go so well were maybe the ones that i just did as a, a process whereas the ones that really excited me were like you've just described where i was almost bustling in and getting my shoulders in to to set up a new experiment or something different and that, yeah. that really with me absolutely um, it's giving them the time that as i was saying before about when you're recording things you want children to think about what they would do next time but give them time to do that changing something or just tweaking something it might be that it isn't what you're expecting but they're actually using so many working scientifically skills within that to explore ask questions to find answers to questions to use different equipment different resources to find out in different ways you're within that you're still collecting so much evidence if you're looking for evidence of their learning that's there it doesn't necessarily have to be recorded down or to follow that script of first you'll do this then you'll do this you want them to be tailoring their own learning really to to have genuine interest and understanding really that they're finding out for a purpose absolutely thank you for that I mean, that's a really interesting answer across all the answers you've given me me answers that i didn't necessarily expect so thank you so much thank you thank Mike. you Thank you so much for your time. It's been really interesting chatting with you. Um, and thanks for coming on and talking with us today. Thanks, Mike. Pleasure. Bye for now. Bye. You've been listening to Primary Chats with Mike Alcock. My guest today has been Emma Luckhurst. Teacher, learner, and general outdoor explorer.